Hello faithful listener, Darren here to introduce our latest actual small voice. Individuals, groups and organisations that are small but making a big difference. We like to put them in the spotlight as much as we can. We're ever grateful to Small Voice team member and roving reporter Margaret getting out and about to track them all down. This month we are literally out on the streets with this feature about the work of the street pastors based in Falkirk in central Scotland. Regular listeners may remember we featured the work of the Glasgow-based group of street pastors a few years ago. Anyway, here's Margaret to tell you more with this report she recorded just before Christmas in Falkirk city centre. And remember, street pastors aren't just for Christmas. These people are out there helping folks all year round. Over to you, Margaret. This small voice could be an extract from a potential diary of a street pastor. Every weekend, in towns and cities across the country, hundreds of ordinary folk, whatever the weather, get kitted up and head out looking for trouble. Not to join in, but so that they can help to sort out the problems and keep people safe on the streets. Just a few days before Christmas, I spoke to some of the Falkirk group of street pastors who were preparing for their four-hour shift to find out what they might find themselves doing. We were in the, the high street and we came across a lady who was, she was on her phone and she was quite upset, but she was kind of shouting. She was on the phone to her husband who said he'd fallen down a hole. But then there was a little alley near where we were standing in the high street and we heard raised voices. Whilst we were then dealing with that, we heard somebody shouting, Help! Help! That's Nikki, and we'll hear more of that story later on. Rest assured, it did end safely. Preparation involves getting their equipment ready. And John had it all laid out. I asked him about the array of items on the table in front of me. We carry a couple of kit bags out in the street, some essential things that maybe would be required throughout the night. A two-way radio, which is linked into the to the local pub watch scheme, and it links to the CCTV cameras that are around the streets. So when we go out in the streets, we sign in with CCTV just to let them know that we're out in the street. And through that, he can contact us at any time of the night if there's something that he sees on camera that he wants us to attend. We can also contact back to him if there's something that's happening in the street that we want him to be aware of and perhaps the police to be involved in. It gives us that vital contact um, with the police if there's something arising on the street that we think needs their attention. Other stuff that we carry in the bag is a blanket. Um, Quite often when we've been out at night we come across somebody who's pretty vulnerable and and possibly cold. Um, We're out to the small hours of of the morning so things can get a bit cold as the night goes on. So if somebody's out and they're unprepared for being outside with uh, certain levels of dress on but sometimes that's not adequate for the temperatures that are out there so we carry a blanket with us and also in addition to that we have what's known as a foil blanket um, which basically is tin foil that opens up into a big blanket and um, we wrap that round the person and then put the, the fleecy blanket around them to keep the heat in um, it's quite funny sometimes when you open up the blanket, it's, it's, the foil blanket, it's rather big. And when we wrap them up in that, we usually have a bit of a joke about there being a Christmas turkey ready for the oven. We carry a first aid kit. We, we do basic first aid, but we're not sort of into sort of major stuff. 
but you know if somebody skins their knee or, or skins their head or, or um, maybe breaks a finger nail or something like that as the girls used sometimes do we can come to the, the rescue and, and bring out our, our plasters and, and uh, help in, in that way <clears throat> a couple of times we've had some incidents out in the street where we've had to sort of use a bit more than that um, but but generally speaking, it's just a, a plaster that's maybe required on a heel somewhere. Um, one, one of the other things that we carry, we don't use so much now, to be honest, is flip-flops. Um, over the years, we've, we've um, carried flip-flops with us, and street pastors up and down the country are pretty well, well known for their distribution of flip-flops. We find that girls that come out the, the clubs later on at night and have danced all night, they find that their feet are particularly sore, so um, we can come to the rescue of that and give them a, a pair of flip-flops, and they're usually pretty happy when they get these, that they can slip their shoes off and, and slip these flip-flops on. It also keeps them safe as well. Try to walk down the street in six-inch heels, and um, when you've had a few drinks on a night, it's probably not a good idea. And also, um, if they're walking barefoot, then um, there could be glass on the street, um, so the flip-flops obviously protect them from any cuts that they might they might receive. What, what, one of the things that we do do when we're out in the street, we carry a, a, a small um, dustpan and, and, and a brush. And if there's broken glass, if we come across somebody smashed a bottle or a glass, um, we will take the time to, to sweep that up. Quite often in, in sort of aggressive situations, maybe a bottle could be picked up and used as a weapon. So any bottles we see as we walk around the street, we, we, we pick these up and dispose of them in the bin. Empty them if we, if we see them, because in the past we've learned, or we had a, a chap who used to follow us round and, and we would sort of pick up the bottles, maybe with some, some alcohol still, still in them and we would put them in the bin, but he would follow behind us and pick them back out again and, and polish them off. So um, we tend to sort of just empty them out and put them in the bin and that way everybody's sort of safe and, and kept well. I had no idea of how far the street pastors go to prevent trouble arising and I suspect that the kit has developed over the years thanks to good ideas being taken on board. But there is much more. John wasn't nearly finished yet. One of the other pieces of of equipment we carry in the bag is a a phone charger. Quite often we find that people forget to charge their, their, their phones up before they leave the house. I'm quite guilty of that myself. Usually when, when it's vital that I have a phone, it's usually down to about 2% or something like that. So um, what we find is that when people are out for the night, they forget to charge their phone up and by the time it gets later on at night, the phones run out of battery and if they get separated from their friends, they don't have the ability to make contact with them. It's been quite a useful piece of equipment for us because we've used it quite regular with younger age people as well um, who maybe are up the town. We've come across situations where there's younger teens up the town. They haven't told their parents. They've run out of of phone charge and they don't have any money for a bus or a taxi, so they're kind of stranded up up the town centre. 
So we can come to the rescue with our, our trusty phone charger and plug them in, spend a few minutes just chatting with them and then the phone's charged enough for them to call their, their parents and sometimes they, they want us to call their parents on their behalf because they're, they're not supposed to be up the town, they're supposed to be at a friend's house um, and so that they're anxious about what their parents will say on the phone call. So we, we usually act as an intermediary and calm the situation down and ask the parents to, to come and collect them and we usually wait with them till the parents arrive. And So there's a whole raft of things that we do. If it's wet, we'll stick a couple of umbrellas in the, the kit bags. We've got a couple of things, ponchos that, that, that open up. Um, um, it's it's quite, so if it's windy, it's quite, quite fun trying to open it up and put it over them in the street. Another piece of kit that I'm looking at on the table here that we carry is, is a commonly known as a sick bag basically if kids are, are feeling sick and they're about to, to go home in a taxi or in a parent's car um, it's not the best situation if, if they get in the car and they've got nothing to be sick into so we carry a couple of these bags that open out and allow them to take that in the car and and if they're sick then they can be sick into that rather than over their father's leather seats in the car um, so that's always an appreciated bit of kit as well. Indeed. Not a pleasant task, but definitely part of the street pastor's role. And if I were a worried teenager or an anxious parent, I'd be very relieved to have John's reassuring presence. The ethos of street pastor is to listen, help and care. And that's what we, we endeavour to do when, when we're out in the streets um, each night, is just to, to see basically who needs uh, um, maybe a bit of care and attention, who's maybe vulnerable. Um, sometimes you come across people that have decided to, to lie down and, and on one of the benches just to recover, but they end up falling, falling asleep. And so, you know, we try to sort of rouse them so that they don't end up spending the night in the cold in the park bench. I'm probably one of the leftover street passers from the first patch. I'm probably the oldest one here now, which is, it's not too bad. As long as you're fit and able, then, you know, it's good to get out in the streets and just, you know, share a bit of love and help and care. There are even more items in that kit bag, such as a torch to find lost keys, a mobile phone, hats and gloves on cold nights. But time was moving on and the shift needed to get out. And so I turned to Nikki again. As it was just over a week till Christmas, what was she expecting to encounter? I would imagine it will be quite busy. That said, I don't think we've been as busy as we were pre-COVID on any nights. But I do, I do think people will have stayed in the first few weekends in December so that they can enjoy their Christmas nights out. We've actually heard of a, a guy who's looking forward to perhaps bumping into us. He's celebrating his 20th birthday today um, and he knows of us, so he's looking forward to bumping into us. There's obviously the odd ones that are out every weekend, but we've not got any regulars, if, if we want to call it that. That's kind of good to hear because you hope that if people are in difficulty, it doesn't happen maybe more than once or twice. Yes, you would hope they would learn from maybe the the, the misdemeanour, but certainly if if they don't, we'll still be there for them. Um, As John says, the ethos is listen, care and help. If it's the same person every weekend, it's the same person every weekend. I think Jesus wouldn't give up on us, so we won't give up on them. There's regulars on the doors, 
of the various clubs and pubs and over and obviously taxi marshals in Falkirk are, are quite a, an important part of the, the nighttime economy but looking after the taxi queue and making sure that they all go home in an orderly fashion so so these guys we tend to sort of have a good relationship with them which were built up over time so there's a few a few door staff in the taxi masters that we'll stand and have a chat with for, for quite a few minutes when, when we're out and about the tax, one of the taxi marshals is a a pocket full of sweeties um, so usually when we, when we go down there it's candy canes he's got at the moment because it's Christmas so that they're quite generous guys to, to us as street passers and we reciprocate by maybe giving them a, a biscuit or, or whatever and when we get the opportunity so um, yeah door staff are, are usually um, they've been there for a number of years and, and we have a good relationship with, with them Having the, the radio you can contact people would folk necessarily contact yourselves as street pastors? Yes, there's been actually a few occasions where some of the door stewards have thought that there's going to be a bit of an altercation. They've maybe heard a wee bit of verbal aggression. If the police get called, that tends to escalate. Whereas if street pastors are called, we tend to de-escalate it maybe a wee bit quicker um, because we're not police, we're there to help, we're, we're there to chat with them and you usually find that that, that does de-escalate the situation. But we have had a few calls recently from a few of the more notorious pubs, which I won't mention, um, about people that have maybe... Uh, they're maybe not happy that they've not been allowed in or something like that and potentially could get a bit aggressive physically um, but we've managed to you know, to chivvy them along have a bit of a blether with them and, and then gotten them away from that situation If you get called into that kind of situation for that reason that people are being aggressive or obstructive or whatever what does it feel like to have that to tackle? We use our intuition as well so if we were called and we felt that it had escalated a wee bit too far and there perhaps had been a few fisticuffs, I think we would then call in the police. But if it was a verbal thing, I think our communication skills are really quite strong. It's a huge part of our training. So because we're, we're trained in, in the de-escalation techniques and things, and just because we just, we're just really there to have a bit of banter with them and, and, and just make sure that they're getting home safely. So that the things we tend to talk about will, will, will and we'll draw them away from the situation rather than, so rather than being in the situation, we'll try and get them, we will try and talk them out of it. I've been doing this about nine years and I've never been in a situation where I felt threatened or, or worried, even though I have been in a few situations where there has been quite high verbal aggression. But there have also been a few occasions that we were called, I can think of one in particular, not that long ago, where we absolutely had to call the police and it really escalated very, very quickly and ended up with a few cautions and things that night. What made you get into it? A few things, really. I have two sons. They're growing now. But I would have liked to think that if they were in a difficult situation, that there might be somebody there for them. And also, I think it's something Jesus would do, because I can think of two particular stories that, that are quite meaningful to me when Jesus actually detoured to meet the woman at the well to have a chat with her. She was having issues and he knew all about them and he wanted to make have an impact in her life. And also the situation where the woman caught in adultery was brought to Jesus. All he did to that woman was show love, even though 
her lifestyle was not one that he would approve of. He just loved her. And he probably loved her out of that situation by the way he, he treated her. But also when I read Proverbs 31 verses 6 to 7, it says, Let beer be for those who are perishing, wine for those who are in anguish. Let them drink and forget their poverty and remember their misery no more. And again, in my sort of eight or nine years, I would say that we have met particularly young, when I say young, late late teens, early 20s, who have had a traumatic situation and they've not been able to deal with it properly, so they've taken to drink. I can think of one situation, maybe six months ago, eight months ago, we were we were just walking along and basically there was a young bloke lying on a footpath, falling asleep because he'd had too much to drink. And there was no taxi was going to take him home. Um, and anyway, it transpired after a lot of talking and giving him a bit of water and things that he just found out his mum had been diagnosed with cancer. So he didn't know how to handle it. He was only 21. So there's usually a reason why. And, you know, as I say, it's it's, it's from the Bible there. People try and, and, and use the drink to, to get rid of their sorrows. And obviously it doesn't work. But I want to be there for those because I think Jesus would be there for them if he were here. Is there any kind of follow-up for for people that you meet? No, we are really out just on the night. Now, what we do have, so we've got a couple of things we give out. There's cards. They've got contact numbers on the back of, for example, you know, mental health, Samaritans, things like that. And it has got our phone number on the front as well. So also we have little invitation to church cards. If somebody expressed an interest, then we can give them this little card. And then if they take that card to a church on a Sunday morning and present it, then the people will know that they these people have been in contact with street pastors and we, we gave it to them. With my eyes on the clock again, I turn to Joanne, the newest member of this particular group of street pastors. How long had she been involved? I've been involved with street pastors for just over a year. We're out once a month. Um, at the start of even before the training started, you had the opportunity to do a couple of observational shifts, just so that you got really got an idea of what was involved in street pastors. And then training was once a month for six months or so. Again, through that, you, there was observational shifts that you could do. So yeah, although it's been a year that we have been out quite a few times over that year. What prompted you to get involved? I'd always been involved in various church ministries throughout my life with um, kids ministries, ladies ministries, hospitality and it just seemed like a natural next step. I was just looking for something else. I think being involved with street pastors gives you the opportunity to be part of a fantastic team who go out and just share the love of Jesus with people on the streets and also it gives you an opportunity to see God at work on the street as well. I can think of a couple of times when we've just been in exactly the right place at the right time and we haven't really haven't needed to do anything apart from just be the presence on the street. Um, when we came round the corner one time, there was three girls who'd just left a nightclub and there was a man following them. But when we came round the corner, he took one look at us and then just walked in the opposite direction. Um, and the girls were so thankful that we were just there for them because they were thinking how we going to shake them off, really. But they didn't have to because in, when we came round, he saw us and just scarpered. Have you been involved in any particularly worrying incidents? I think some of the incidents that Nikki already described 
I was there on that night as well. And again, it's about using your communication skills, which was a big part of the training, to try and de-escalate situations, but also recognising when things are escalating as well and being able to choose the right course of action. But also, we've got prayer partners. They're praying for us to be in the right place at the right time and praying for our protection when we're out on the street as well. So there's a, a trust in God there too. We're in teams of three or more, a mixture of male and female. So as well as looking out for people in the street, we're also looking out for other members of our team as well. When you're out, would you generally stay together? Yes, we would. If we saw someone who needed our attention, then one person would make contact for a start, but the other team members would be observing the conversation that was going on there, but also keeping an eye on what else is happening on the street. I really enjoy doing what I do, which is why I keep going out every month. I love the opportunity to meet new people, um, to have the banter on the street with them. Um, There's also the challenge of the kind of problem-solving bit of it as well, because no two nights are the same. You never know what you're going to come across. And then at the end, there's some satisfaction when you know that you've been able to get someone home safely, because if you weren't there, then you don't know where they would have ended up. So when you see them um, going home in a taxi or being picked up by their friends, knowing that they've made it home safely, that's a sign of a good night. So for tonight... Have you any expectation of what might happen? Everything's different. I think you've got to expect the unexpected, as people say. Um, You prepare for the weather. You know it's Christmas time. People are out to have a good time. But when there's lots of people out for a good time, then that's when you come across lots of unexpected situations. I think we can all tell stories of things um, that we've come across that you would never guess that you would come across. So we'll just wait and see what's in store for tonight. Now, we're nearly finished but there's just time to hear the story Nikki started telling earlier of a potentially life-threatening event. Did the street pastors come to the rescue and how did they sort it out? Whilst we are out, there are at least two or three people praying from the half past nine until the half past one, quarter to two in the morning for us. And and unbelievably, I know, I know Joanne, I've, I've done quite a few shifts with Joanne and we really have been in the right place at the right time. I, and and I can think of one really unusual one where God really had us in the right place. And had we not been there, potentially there could have been a serious risk to health or life, actually. We were in the, the high street and we came across a lady who was really quite upset. She was on her phone and she was quite upset, but she was kind of shouting, she was on the phone to her husband who said he'd fallen down a hole, but she thought he was winding her up. And we tried, We were trying to calm her down, but then there was a little alley near where we were standing in the high street and we heard raised voices. So we did leave one person with the lady and another two of us went to look what was going on in the alley. And it turned out there was four younger boys that were pestering a landlady at one of the pubs. Whilst we were then dealing with that, we heard somebody shouting, help, help. And it turned out it was the man who had fallen down a hole, um, about a 10 foot hole. And had he been there all night, it was a very, very cold night. So he may not have lasted the night. So to be where we were at that time, was just God. It was God ordained. So so the prayer partners are there and they, they really are a, a great part of the service. And, you know, it's great that we can go out in the streets, but people that perhaps 
who have a heart for street pastors but aren't able to go onto the street, they could perhaps be part of the prayer partners team. My thanks to Nikki, John and Joanne, who are all street pastors, expecting the unexpected on a Saturday night and providing a vital part of the weekend late night street scene with a smile on their faces and a bit of friendly banter at the ready. If it's a job for you, follow the link from our website at smallvoice.org. Dot UK.